love FPL and love betting, but aren't necessarily as successful as you'd like to be at either, then this podcast is just for you. We'll be sharing practical tips for you and how you can use your football knowledge to take down those pesky bookmakers. Welcome to Get Your Tips Out. So after what seemed like a lifetime of international football, England have put 10 past a pub team, which has prompted over 142,000 FPL, FPL players to bring in Harry Kane. We're going to talk about this week's fixtures that are coming up. There's some amazing fixtures coming up. There's some money that can be made. We've also got a very special guest. So welcome to this week's Get Your Tips Out. Richard, how are you? Yeah, very well, David. Very well. Uh, glad that FPL is back. It's been a long uh, 10 days. But uh, yeah, fantasy football is back. We've got, like you said, a special guest on today. We've got Mr. Ben Cowgill. Uh, so yeah, welcome, Ben. Thank you very much, lads. You know, I've been looking forward to this. I do, I do think with uh, the 11th of November just having gone past with Remembrance Day, it's always good to get some elderly people onto the podcast. So uh, Benny's actually <laughs> the oldest person we've had on. I think he's the oldest in our FPL group. I think you're just older than Motters, are you? Is that right, Ben? Uh, no, you know, that's uh, total bullshit. I am your biggest A-lister to date and will be for some time, but you can carry on with the age banter. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, three podcasts in being the biggest A-lister, that is a massive, some massive, uh, massive credibility for the, there for you straight away. So, um, Richard, without further ado, I know people enjoy the quiz at the start. Let's see how much our biggest A-lister knows about football. Uh, and I'll hand you over to start the quiz. You start with the quiz this early on, do you? Oh, we do, because we might be cutting you off the podcast if you're not, if you don't cut the mustard. Right, got you. Let's cut to it then. Right, Ben. Well, you're always sort of top four. Uh, every year in the FPL. So you're always sort of Champions League level. I always say you've got a bit of a good football brain on you. So no pressure, mate. Um, I know you've got a lot of inside info because you're a friend of the stars and all that. So uh, here we go, mate. Five questions, same order as always. Question one is about international football. And uh, here we go. The youngest player to play at a World Cup tournament for England was... I'll repeat the question. The youngest player to play for England at a World Cup tournament was? Um, okay, so in my head at the moment, I've got the obvious, which should be Rooney, but that might have been the Euros. Uh, Owen was there or thereabouts. Milner might have been somewhere. Um, oof, uh, I'll go with Theo Walcott. Is incorrect, Ben. And you named the guy before as well. It was Michael Owen. He was 18 and 183 days. Right. I thought you might have gone outside the box there. I Just... think Walcott did travel, but I don't think he got on. Was it under Sven? That is correct. Fantastic. Well, it's a dismal start, but we move on to the 90s. This is your era, Benjamin, the 90s. <laughs> Early 2000s for me, lads, but go on. <laughs> Question two. In the summer of 1995, Liverpool signed which striker to set an English transfer record? Uh, I will go with Stan Collymore. Correct, Ben. You're off the mark, mate. Now, I always give people a 0.5 bonus. How much was that transfer? Um... It was 95. Uh, I would have said he was oh, nine or ten million. Uh, ten million? 8.5 million. I knew that. I knew that. Okay, question three, mate. Premier League from 2000 to 2010. Making his England debut in 2001 and then went on to receive 107 caps for England, but never scored. Who was that player, Benjamin? Made his debut in 2001. Yep. Went on to make 107 caps for his country, but never got on the score sheet. Ooh, so 2001 was when we beat Germany 5-1. Gerard Heskey. Owen, um, he, went, he played 107 times, did he? Yep. Uh, 
Alright, so Gary Neville was 99. Uh, I'm Gary Neville, maybe. Not the most centralised. Rio Ferdinand ever score. So Rio Ferdinand or Gary Neville. Um, Gary Neville. Oh, you're close, mate. It's on the other side. Ashley Cole. Good. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the listener's point of view, Ben is screaming into his T-shirt as we speak here on the Zoom call. Um, unlucky, mate. Question three. This is from, uh, sorry, question four. No, no, easy. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> 2010 to 2021. I, as always, with anyone who comes on the quiz, I put their team into it. So which player scored a hat-trick in Sir Alex Ferguson's last game before his retirement in the 5 all draw in 2013? West Brom. Correct. 5 all with West Brom. Who scored a hat-trick? 2013. You would have had... Who scored a hat-trick in that game? Be Rooney or Van Persie, won't it? Uh, who else was kicking around then? Rooney Van Persie. Um, Rooney. It's actually Lukaku for West Brom. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you know what? And I, I, I listened to Under the Cosh the other day and they mentioned that hat trick. Oh, no way. I'm having I a shot for lads. I'm really. <laughs> that again. So, uh, we are up to one point. So, at the moment, you, you need this to go top with Tom Norn. Um, and as ever, it's based on last week's FPL fixtures. So, uh, Jared Bowen uh, assisted two goals last week for West Ham. Who did he sign from? Oh, no, I'm not going to get to the top. Uh, Bowen. Came from the Championship. Yeah. Um... Um, championship uh, up north. Okay, I know you're, you're helping me, but that's a bit unfair, isn't it? To receive any more help, just give me 10 more seconds. Up north, up northeast, uh, Middlesbrough. No, it's incorrect. It's Hull. It's the Tigers, Hull City. Oh, I, mean, I wouldn't have got that. The others, I feel really harshly done to that by aging. He's <laughs> let me down. I've had a stressful week. Uh, but I, I guess that's the end of the quiz, is it? That's the end of the quiz. You scored one out of five, Ben. Well, unfair. <laughs> but the question is the taking part that counts. All right, it doesn't. <laughs> the problem with society. I, I'm going to throw it out there and say that was the easiest quiz so far. What? I think when you I think when you listen to the rest of the lads listen to this, I think they'll be saying the the the, the surprise that you didn't you didn't score no, high there. I, I, I think Lukaku hands up. I don't think that many people would recall which fullback made his debut in 2001. <laughs> Do you know what? It's one of them when you sat in the hot seat, your your mind just goes. Yeah, um, Colin Moore, 8.5. That takes some memory. Um, knew that, though. Uh, OK, well, onwards and upwards. With, let's put that behind us. Yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, the only way is up from this point, Ben, don't worry. Mm. So, usually at this point in the podcast, as regular listeners would know, um, we'd go through last week's FPL, what happened in last week's FPL, who the top scorers were, who the, um, the, the cannon fodder were for the week. Obviously, as there was no FPL, there was only international football. We've got nothing to go off with that this week. So I'm just going to go back to um, last week's bets. So before we get into reviewing this week's football, as uh, one of the most popular features in the world at the moment on any form of uh, media is the Chaddy Treble. Richard, do you want to just recap on what happened in last week's tr- uh, Chaddy Treble for us? Richard! Um, yeah, it's been a dismal start to the season for me, to be honest, Dave. I've, uh, I've, had, another, I've had another blackout on the Chaddy Treble. Um I think I got one result out of three. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was poor to be honest with you. Have you got the have you got have you got what I put up there? Yeah. So you went over two point five in the Wickham game. It was one nil. You went <laughs> over two point five in the Port Vale game. It was one one. And you went over two point five in the Scunthorpe game, and it was one one. So uh, similar to Ben's quiz performance, it was a uh, it was dismal. Yeah, absolute shit show, mate. But. Like I always say, David, 
we go again this week. We do. And I know you've got something planned for us, which we are all really, really looking forward to. Um, also on the podcast last week, there's a couple of things that we put up. So Zanza in the, um, the Paddy Power Gold Cup at Cheltenham. Uh, it was, I think it was dead eated for fifth or sixth with the extra place term. Did have made a profit back in it each way? Um, the Akaidi, unfortunately, was a non runner, but it is entered up on Tuesday. But I'll tell you more about that later on. And then the other horse that we put up was 22 to 1 improver actually reared up as it was leaving the store. Did run quite well, but it's definitely one to keep an eye out um, going forward. There were no other football bets that we put up last week, obviously, it being international week. So without further ado, let's get into what we have got coming up with this week's fixtures. There's some really, really tasty fixtures this week. It's the best lot of fixtures I think we've had so far this season in terms of interest. Every game's interesting in its own right. So we're going to start off 12.30 Saturday. Got a great fixture, Leicester against Chelsea. And we're going to come to you, Richard, here. What are your thoughts on this game? Um, yeah, I, I think there'll be goals in it. I've not put them in my uh, over two and a half, but I think there'll be goals in it. I think Leicester will get an early goal, but I think Chelsea are going to be strong this year. So I'm going to go for Chelsea two, Leicester one. Very good. And yourself, Ben? I've, uh, I think Chelsea are absolutely flying with confidence. They've got goals throughout the team. Um, I've gone with a Chelsea win, 3-1. And is there any players for either of you in that in the, that game that you're feeling like you need to get into your FPL side or you've already got in your side and you think they're going to be staying in my side for the rest of the season? Well, I had, um, I had Mount in my team and uh, I believe I've took him out, so he'll inevitably score because he, he did nothing for me. I think he was injured. Uh, yes, I believe I have taken him out. So he will score. So get your bets on that. Um, but no, I've got no Chelsea players in my squad and I took out Vardy because he got me a series of two points and won one point in the time I had him. So that, that means that this week, get your money on the Vardy party. Yeah, absolutely. It's guaranteed. Um, but yeah, Chelsea will comfortably win that. Leicester, I think Red and Rogers' head will have been turned and um, Chelsea will dominate that. Very good, Richard. Any, any players there that you're interested in? Um, I've got Havarts in my team at the moment and I'm going to take him out this week uh, for... Um, I'm going to take him out this week for someone. I've not decided who yet, but it's between two people. The uh, Stockport, Iniesta or Jota for Liverpool. Very good. Um, I've gone for a 2-1 there, so I'm the same as Rick on that game. So across the board, everybody's gone for an away Chelsea win, which is actually the, the other quite rewarding if you watch us going on the Chelsea win. So we're moving to three o'clock fixtures. There are six three o'clock fixtures, which is quite uncommon actually nowadays in the Premiership. And we're going to come to Ben here first. Villa against Brighton. What do you think here, Ben? Uh, Gerard effect. Uh, I think the players will be really keen to impress him, more so than, than your average manager. I'll go for a Brighton or a tough outfit, but I'll go with 2-1 Villa. Very good. Richard? I've got exactly the same, mate. Villa 2, Brighton 1. They'll all, be, they'll all have an absolute hard-on for Gerard, won't they? So they'll all be fighting, fighting for the shirt. Uh, Villa 2, Brighton 1. And it just brings me on to uh, somebody that I think that will really deliver this week, and I'd like to put it out there as a scout if it's not too early to, to mention that. Um, so there is no doubt in this guy's um, been a a very, very good player. And so I'm not saying I've found him out of nowhere, but I want it to be viewed that the timing is of scout worthiness. <laughs> and I, I will go for McGinn and I've brought him in and I think he'll deliver. Like it, Ben, like it. Do you think somebody like McGinn will score points though? I know he'll play and he'll do a job for them. Is he someone that's going to score your points with goals and assists? I think he's a, a goal-scoring midfielder when he's, when he's flying, when he's up for it, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just watching Sky Sports News at the moment. It just says John McGinn out for six weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I've already took a minus four, so I won't be taking any more. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Very good. I think the same. I think everyone is going to think the same that there's going to be a bit of an uplift from uh, from Gerard coming in. But I think Brighton are a decent outfit, and I've gone one-one there. Um, right on to Burnley against Palace. Uh, I'm going to come to Richard here. What do you think about this? I've gone Burnley nil, Palace nil. Whenever I see Burnley, I always just say they're either going to get pumped or draw. So how how Dyche keeps them in the Premier League year in, year out, it's just an absolute masterstroke. So, yeah, I've gone Burnley nil, Palace nil. It's just a 
fucking boring game to me, that. Okay, and Ben? Uh, I was just looking to see how Palace got on last week. Uh, can you help me? They drew one all. Uh, they won 2 0 at home to Wolves, did they? they uh, yeah, they did. They won 2 0. They won 2 0. So uh, I've actually gone with one all. Um, Palace on the back of a decent result. Uh, Burnley tough. One all. Not particularly entertaining. Okay, very good. I mean, I quite like this victory. I think Burnley were they're trying to play better football. Palace are looking like a good side. Burnley at home can usually be relied upon to score. Uh, similar to when they played Brentford at home, actually, a few weeks ago, when I thought the over the goals was a good bet. So I've gone 2-2. I think they can get a result against Palace. But I definitely think there'll be goals. So um, that might be something I'm going to talk about a little bit about later on the podcast. So interesting, we've got different decision, different uh, views on that game. Uh, next, we've got Newcastle against Brentford. Ben, what have you got for us here? I've gone one all. I think Brentford have been really struggling of late. Uh, Newcastle with a new manager. Um, yeah, one all. Very good, Rick. He's just very awkward, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> if ever there's an awkward podcast, it's, it's this one right here. Um, so, yeah, this game, I've gone Newcastle 2, Brentford 0. Um, what you'll see as well with the Tottenham uh, game as well, I've, I've gone for them to win because I think it's the new manager effect. But I think I think Eddie Howe could get these boys going and uh, I think the, the number nine for Newcastle is going to do some damage this weekend. Very good. I've gone, I think there'll be goals there again myself. I think 2-2 Brentford are a decent team. I think, that, I think again, there will be an uplift, but I think if Eddie Howe's been going to be told one thing about coming and taking that job, they've got to start playing decent football. It's going to be all that stuff the fans have been putting up with Ashley for years and negativity and all that type of stuff. So I can see there being goals. I can see there being free-flowing. When he first went into Bournemouth, if you remember when they first came into the Premiership, they were scoring loads of goals. He just couldn't defend. And then what actually what, what actually happened was when they ended up going down, he tried to change the style to make them a bit more defensive and they stopped scoring goals. And that's why they made them uh, go down for me. Back on 2-2. Ben, what do you think? What, what, you've got your hand up? Sorry, I was just thinking, yeah, Eddie Howe. He's done well down south, don't like it up north. Not sure he'll uh, produce for Newcastle. So, yeah, and he's, he's put his woolly hat on. Yeah. Okay, so I've gone, I've gone, I've gone 2 2 there. Uh, then we're on to uh, another, another game uh, Norwich Southampton, where there is a new manager in situ. I don't know if this is a unique thing, actually. We should have looked up this as a stat, but um, Southampton are playing their uh, second game in succession against Dean Smith, even though he's managing a different team. Ah. So uh, it's Norwich against Southampton. Rick, what do you think is going to happen here? I could, I could have given this a quiz question to Calgill, couldn't I? And I don't oh, think oh he's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes, another new manager, David. Uh, I've, I've gone for one all. They're off the back of a good result, Norwich, last week. Um, but Southampton have been fantastic in defence. So I've gone for a one all draw, mate. Very good. And Ben? Uh, yeah, Dean Smith in. Um, don't think he'll have enough with that squad to, to produce Southampton on the back of a good result. I think uh, I've gone for Southampton to win 2-1. Okay, very good. I've gone 1-1 one, one there. Again, I think I think he might do it. I mean, I can't see Norwich staying in the division. So I think they're already probably planning for next season. He, he, you know, you may well bring them back up next season, but yeah. I've gone 1-1 one, one there. Then on to uh, Watford against Manchester United. I'm going to come to Ben, big Manchester United fan. What are you thinking is going to happen here? What would you like to happen here? Well, obviously, I'd like a win, but um, you just can't predict with United at the moment. I've probably gone <coughs> part here and I've gone for a 2-1 United win. Okay, very good. And just on United, how do you see the uh, manager situation playing out over the next few weeks? Uh, well, you've got a shower of shit running the club. Uh, you've got a Liverpool fan at the at the helm at the moment. Um, it absolutely boggles my mind that they haven't made it, the change during the uh, international break, but it's typical of United under this regime that they can't seem to execute um, transactions, whether it be managerial or, or players in a timely manner. Everything seems to drag on to an embarrassing degree. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, not happy about it. I think uh, Solskjaer will inevitably get sacked, but um, they should have done it now. 
So is it, far, I, is, it fair, is it fair to say, Ben, that you've obviously been a big fan of Solskjaer over the past three years, but you think it's come to the point now where he's took them as far as they could go? Yeah, I, uh, I think stand by it. I think he did a fantastic job. He needed to get the, the spirit of the club back, attacking football, scoring goals. I think Mourinho said finishing second in the Premiership was his greatest ever achievement. I know that there's a, a sly dig in there, but Solskjaer finished second um, above Liverpool, um, Danny Bauer. Um, and so I think he's really struggled actually with uh, Ronaldo coming in. Uh, and the pressures to deliver silverware on the back of the European final defeat. Um, and I just think he's run out of steam. He's been found out and, and so have the rest of the team around him. I'll tell you what's funny you mentioned Danny Bauer there because on that, you, obviously you took a bet last season that United would finish ahead of Liverpool, which you know a lot of people wouldn't have taken. And, you know, you've dodged a big bullet this season because, you, you know, you chose not to go ahead with the bet. And uh, I know Danny was confident to, to, to do the bet. And I still, I still think he talks about it now, doesn't he? It's a bit like a broken record. Yeah, he gets a little bit irate about it, but we know he, he's always simmering Danny, isn't he? He always looks like he's one of them blokes that's about to go around <laughs> shooting people and smashing things up. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, he had to uh, bow down to my superior knowledge last year, as always, and took the money off him. This year he tried to go again and uh, I just fucked him off. He has got the look, actually, now you say it, of somebody that's like the star of a Channel 5 documentary. Well, no, what, what was the famous film with Michael Douglas where he just loses his shit in one of the takeaways and uh, fast food restaurants and just starts going around killing people? I can see Danny doing that. I might carry on poking the bear and see, see how far I can take it. I, I, I'm getting more Norris from Coronation Street vibes, to be honest. <laughs> and we'll welcome Danny on the podcast hopefully very soon. Let's see what he's got to come back with. Um, I was going to put something up there because I noticed on the manager specials, I, I heard something on the radio, this was last week, about the uh, a few of the changes that were going on. And I went into the manager market just to see what was, what was how it was sort of five and what the bookies were saying. And Solskjaer was 11-2 to two to still be the United manager on Boxing Day, which I thought was unbelievable. If, if, if they're not sacked him in the international window, he's got the opportunity. They're not going to sack him if he wins a few more games. And I've just had a quick look now to see, and he's actually four to six now to still be manager on Boxing Day. So I'm assuming the bookies were thinking this international break, United would have made the decision, got rid. And obviously because they haven't, now they're looking at it, he's probably going to stay. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, if he starts getting a few more results, you know, it'll drag on and drag on and drag on, won't it? So Yeah, I think uh, the definitive moment will now be, it should have already happened, but the definitive moment will be when Chelsea smack our bodies. Uh, I think that'll be the end. Yeah, I agree with that, and I, I, I've said that. For, from, I said that at the start of the season when they started scraping the one nils, the two ones. They had an absolute whipping coming United, and yeah. I've got a feeling there'll be another whipping to come, and that will be the uh, the end of him. Yeah. So Ben, you've gone two one there, United at Watford. Yeah. Very good, Rick. What about yourself? I've gone one nil United. I think it'll be another uh, Ronaldo last ten minutes. Everyone will be. Pumping in the air and laying again, but uh, yeah, I think I think United will have enough to go the line one 0 I mean, I've got to say, there's not going to be many people out there that are going to <laughs> confidently back United to uh, to keep a clean sheet away from home, especially a, a City fan. But fair play, um, I've gone three one United. I think there's just goals in every United play at the moment, obviously because they can't defend, because they can't defend and they concede, then they have to attack, and it just means they either get opened up or obviously they score. So I've gone three one United there. They're obviously a better team than Watford. It's whether they put it all together. Uh, then the final three o'clock on Saturday, we've got Wolves at home to West Ham. Uh, again, I think this is a game that, that could be goals. I've gone 2-2 two, two here. Um, I'm going to come to Ben. What do you think is going to go on here? Uh, I think Wolves are shite. West Ham are absolutely flying. Incredible result last week. I have gone for a West Ham win, 3-1. Very good. I think Wolves fan would say it's unfair that the shite are done, done quite a good run, Wolves, aren't they? Are they? Well, that's uh, in line with my quiz knowledge then. Um, <laughs> I do like a couple of the players. Jimenez actually is in a bit of form, I think, isn't he? I think I considered bringing him in. And my, my boy, my scout, Huang, occasionally yeah. delivers. Um, Very good. Yeah. There's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to make it. Rick? Yeah, um, I've gone Wolves 2, West Ham 2. Um, I've actually got uh, Calgill's scout Huang in my starting 11 this week. Um, and I think West Ham, I think uh, Antonio's been on a bit of a barren streak for West Ham, but he's uh, 
bagged in the international break, didn't they? Um, Gold flew him, flew him over in his big cock on a private jet, didn't they, on yesterday? So uh, I think I think Antonio will come over and grab a couple of goals. <laughs> yeah, you could have said he went. I thought he went over on a chopper. Yeah, so you've gone two two. I've gone two two, and three one away win there for West Ham for Ben. Uh, into the evening fixture, another really interesting fixture. Here, I think Arsenal are on a great run away at Liverpool. So I'm going to come to Rick here first. What do you see happening here? Yeah, Arsenal have been doing really well recently. I think they'll, I think they'll run them close, but I think Liverpool just have enough. I've gone for Liverpool two, Arsenal one, and that fucking Egyptian bastard on the right wing will no doubt grab a couple. Very good, Ben. Um, yes, I fair play to Arteta. He was on a horrendous run. I think a lot of people would have thought he was getting the flick. They've stuck by him, and his ethos has started to come through. I really like Smith Rowe, who I've got in my team. Um, Liverpool will just have too much. I think it'll be um, a good few goals in that. And I've gone for 3-1 to Liverpool. Very good. And Rick, you're 2-1. I've gone 3-1 actually, running off Liverpool as well. I think they'll have too much for Arsenal. Uh, for all, I think they might be able to sneak a goal, especially if Liverpool get ahead early. OK, so into Sunday again. Another couple of interesting fixtures. Uh, as you'll know better than me, Rick, on this. But City's traditionally have struggled against Everton, haven't they? It's one of those bogey teams for you in the Premiership. Away from home, they have, yeah, but normally at home, they're, they're all right. Um, but yeah, they normally do the business at home, uh, but away okay. from home, they have, they have struggled. How do you see it going on Sunday? Uh, I've gone for City 3, Everton 1. Um, I said it last week, I think this sort of time of the year, the big clubs start putting a bit of a run together. So I've gone for City 3, Everton 1. Um, who will get the goals? God knows. Who will start the top up three? God knows. It could be the pet roulette, but... Um, I think I think I think he might bring Grealish back in. I think uh, he obviously dropped him for the big game against. I can't, who was it last week? He dropped him for was it United? Yeah, United. So, dropped him. That, that's it. Yeah, so I think he'll bring him back in. I think it'll be Grealish, Foden, Jesus as the front three. Um, and I think there'll be goals. City three, Everton one. Well, he's certainly been keeping fit recently, hasn't he, Grealish? With all the stuff that's been in the press, he's been definitely exercising a lot. Yeah, I think he's had Calgill's manual of shagging. Yes. <laughs> very good uh, I've gone 3-0 uh, so across the board a fairly comfortable uh, City win uh, and then the final fixture hang on, this weekend. hang on oh we've not come to you there sorry Ben I've got yeah so I think we've all gone the similar sort of thing so City Everton Ben what do you think well, uh, well I wanted just a, a bit of context apart from City being absolutely phenomenal and that fucking pep roulette I've got Jesus up top um, Everton Pre-season against United were absolutely woeful uh, and I was convinced that they were going to get pumped um, throughout the season. I think City will win 4-0 here. Very good. Um, I've got 3-0. So 3-0, 3-1, 4-0 across the board. Final fixture of the week, 4-30. Spurs leads. Rick, what do you think? Um, I've gone for, obviously, the Conte effect. I think... Uh... I think he'll get a good result against Leeds. I put two 0 I think that's quite conservative actually. I think it could be three, maybe four. Leeds are absolutely pants this season. Uh, I've gone for Spurs two, Leeds nil, and I'm hoping it's um, a sun party because he's in my team. I'm tempted to even chuck him the armband. So I've gone for two nil Leeds, and I think Young Ming's son will score a couple. <clears throat> Interesting, Ben. Yeah, Leeds absolute shite. Got a lot of time for Rafinha. I think he'll get a goal and Spurs will win 4-1. Um, I think we're all expecting Kane to have a big fucking party. Um, no doubt that means he'll draw a blank as I've brought him in, minus four. Um, 4-1 for Spurs. I mean, I, do you know what? I did not expect you to be the one of the ones bringing Kane in for, after scoring four goals against San Marino. Yeah, I am uh, an FPL dickhead, actually, even though I'm always there or thereabouts, sort of kind of Champions League, as Chad said before. Uh, I'm trigger happy. I I think to be the, the creme de la creme in FPL, you've got to have a real degree of patience. Now, occasionally you have to act quickly to take capitalise on the 0.1 million movements, uh, but I have normally made my transfers by Sunday night. <laughs> See, this is sort of stuff that's really interesting hearing different people's views. You had Tom Norn on the last podcast and he said he's, he's similar to me. I'll never make a change until really just before the deadlines in case there's any injuries and stuff. Yeah, interesting how different people do things. Well, to, 
to make transfers prior to an international break is brain dead and and I've done two. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all for that. I, I'm, I'm loving that, that, that braveness. I mean, I've, I've been known to make a sub at fucking half time during that in that first week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Ben, you've gone four one. Uh, Rick, that game, you've gone two nil. You think some might grab a couple? Fine. I've gone two one. I think Leeds are getting better actually. Calvin Phillips is back. He makes such a massive difference to them if you look at the results when he is playing to, when he's not. So, uh, but I think yeah, two one. Uh, Spurs leads, especially as Spurs drew a blank in the first league game that Conte managed. I think we'll definitely score at least a couple that weekend. So for me, looking at the fixtures this week, there's goals pretty much everywhere. There's actually only one blank. I've only got City, Everton 3-0. All the other teams I've got scoring. So um, yeah, there'll, there'll definitely be some good bets, I think, this week. Um, Rick, on the Chaddy treble, I know you've been studying long and hard for the past week. You've not really had much else to do. You're, you know, getting your family time in and stuff so you can get stuff booked in for the next few weeks regarding FPL. So where have you gone this week on the Chaddy Treble? Well, it's the Chaddy Treble. Chaddy Treble. Still no jingle, Dave. We're in episode five and there's still no jingle, so I have to make my yeah, own. The jingles get, get added after we've made the content, Rick. <laughs> OK, mate. So uh, my treble this week is I've gone for Spurs to beat Leeds. Uh, like I said, we've just covered that. I think I think I think they'll put them to the sword. I've gone over two and a half goals in the Wolves and West Ham game, and um, a result that came in for me last week or the week before was under two and a half with the whole game. I think Paul are just in absolute fucking disgrace down there at the bottom of the league near the Championship. So under two and a half in the Hull versus Birmingham, ten pound with bet three six five pays fifty six pounds sixty six pence, and that's the Chaddy Treble. <laughs> Can I uh, make a suggestion on the chubby, chubby treble, chubby? The chubby, the chubby, chubby treble. treble. <laughs> can we have a, when it comes to your jingle, can you make it a real depressing one? Because <laughs> it's just... Never comes on. <laughs> yeah, if that like someone playing a violin like really slowly. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a funeral. Or that, or that Ian Beale, I've got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can factor something like that in. Or maybe yeah. we'll do that to introduce last week's Chaddy treble because we know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> advice would always be leave your tenors in your pockets, lads. But I always say this week is the week. <laughs> Very good, uh, Ben. Have you got anything lined up betting wise? Oh. You've got your eye on. Oh, do I? Right, lads. So much like Chad, um, I am the antichrist of betting according <laughs> to your methodology dave um really pissed me off the other night when i saw one of your bets i think it was in norway netherlands game that you actually got a return on more than 0.5 goals that annoyed me that i'd missed something like that but that's your attention to detail i when i put my bets on i go for life-changing amounts um whether it's going to be to cover your mortgage for that month or retirement okay on that note ben just out of interest i think a few people will be wondering how much would it have to be for it to be life-changing for you well, an awful lot, but <laughs> <laughs> there's not. I don't think they do accumulators that big, Dave. But um, <laughs> so, so here's, here's an example, and you'll you'll now realise my rashness. Um, so I put ten pounds on. Uh, I think it was about a week or two ago, and I got one thousand and ninety-two pounds back, and it was a one two. Three, four, five, six fold. Six fold. Forest Green, Wigan, Atletico Mineiro. I think it were over in Brazil. Santos Palmeiras also over there, and Jordan. And uh, <laughs> that produced one thousand, just under one thousand one hundred pounds from a tenner. This week, I've got a belter for the listeners, and I really think they should back it. Twenty quid brings you three thousand one hundred ninety-one pounds back. So a tenner, just under 1,600 quid. I've gone for Chelsea. I know you shouldn't bet, bet the early kickoff, but bollocks to it. Let's do it. So go with Chelsea. Then both teams to score Villa win. Both teams to score Liverpool win. West Brom, Rotherham and Wigan. I suggest all the listeners 
put that on and really enjoy the week ahead afterwards and uh, buy me a pint when they see me. Can we just go through that one more time, please, Ben? Of course. So we've got Chelsea in the early kickoff. We've got Villa to win, both teams to score. We've got Liverpool to win, both teams to score. West Brom, Rotherham and the goal scorer in Wigan. Perfect. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on it, mate. I'm gonna get on it. Thank you. Very good. If that comes in, we're gonna change the image that we use for the podcast to the one that you use um in all of your corporate videos with you wearing the cape. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which, yeah, and superhero. Yeah, and I think we can actually uh, we could get posters made up and we could probably sell some of those posters. We could probably get quite a lucrative merchandising business on the side of get your tips out. Absolutely. And when me and uh, Mr. Scott Needham, who's very disappointed he's not on this week, start our spite podcast in competition with yours. <laughs> he wearing the cape will feature. Very good. Well, we'll look forward to that. Yeah. Um, okay, so this week on the fixtures, as I mentioned, I think there's lots of goals everywhere. So I don't normally have, well, I never have big multiples, but um, Burnley Palace, I'll be getting involved in 23 to 20. It's actually the biggest price of any of the games to be over 2.5. And I think it definitely will be. I'll be getting involved heavily in that. Uh, Newcastle Brentford is odds against over 2.5, which I think is unbelievable as well. That's 21 to 20. Uh, but anyway, you look, I think there's going to be goals. So these big, the people that every week do a, both teams to score, I can do all the games and over 2.5 and stuff like that. I think there'll be a few of those bets that you'll see like be viral on Twitter on on Sunday. You know, someone will someone will have done all the games, got them all right, and then they'll have like 200 grand going on Real Betis or something at home to some random Valladolid or something over in in uh, in Spain. So I think there's quite a lot to go out there on the uh, the football this week. Is well, there any that you wanted to add? Do you want to repeat that again, please, Dave? Because if people actually, if people, if anyone's actually listening <laughs> and they actually do fancy a bet, what was that bet again then, Dave? So I, I, I'm looking at Burnley Palace, just looking at the odds, because, you know, you can look at any of the games and go, well, you know, you look at, where are we? So Liverpool, Arsenal, City, Everton, 4-9 to nine over 2.5. I just literally, if it's 4-9, to nine, I would not have a bet. I just, I just wouldn't do it. If there's a red card or something in the first five, 10 minutes, you can have done your cash before you've even... You know, if City got a player sent off, it's just a completely different game. Um, but yeah, for me, Burnley Palace, 23 to 20. So odds against over 2.5 goals. Newcastle Brentford, 21 to 20. Obviously, the prices will vary depending which bookmaker you're with. And I haven't gone and scoured the market and find you a random price that's better than everywhere else. There probably will be better prices than that available. Um, I'm just looking on the Betfair Sports book um, because that's the only bookmaker I can get on with at the moment because it's not in my name. Um, but yeah, there'll be a few of those bets that you'll see going around. I'm sure the both teams to score Rackers and the the over two point fives, and I think there'll be quite a lot of goals about. Do you know what I might look at? They do a lines a a a goal lines market, and it's the number of goals they were going to be in that weekend's round of fixtures. And companies like Bet Three Six Five always offer it, and it's usually about like 22, 23, 24 goals in the weekend. And I think they'll be well over that this week. So if you could get if you can get that sort of bet on. Even money, something like that, over 24 goals in the 10 games. I think that would be a really good bet this week if you can get on. You know, you getting banned from these bloody sides. Yeah. yeah. It's an absolute fucking disgrace, isn't it? Completely takes the fairness out of it. And I know you've touched on it before, but fair enough if you had like inside info on something that's bent, do you know what I mean? But how can they possibly discourage you from betting on football in this country? It's mental, isn't it? Yeah, what's really bad is they, they, they go about with, you know, all the responsible gambling stuff. But what they do is when you ask gambling responsibly, they don't want to take your bets. But what they'll do is they encourage all the responsible, responsible gambling stuff. But if you start winning, I've had bookmakers that have suspended me or limited my stakes massively. So, you know, if I'm trying to have 100 quid on this year, you can have 23p on or something. And I've not even had a winning bet with them. But I've had a few bets that have returned at a shorter price than what I've put it on at. And then they'll always email you and say, we've taken a trading decision to stop you from... Uh, betting on the sports book, but you can still access all of our casino and all our gaming. You're like, oh yeah, well, yeah, I bet, I bet you can. Yeah, well, that's where you know, people are ruining their lives betting on that type of stuff. I feel almost as humiliated by that as I did by my performance in the uh, quiz, because while you're getting banned, I continually get free bets thrown at me. <laughs> I bet three six five 
And I mean every week. <laughs> oh, I, I get them as well. There must be some they must be telling us something then. Yeah. Okay. We print their, their money. No wonder that bird gets such big dividends out of about three, six, five. Okay, yeah, I think I mentioned it when I was at Longchamp for the Arctic Triumph a few weeks ago. And um, I got I got speaking to one of the racing posts, one of the best known journalists in racing. And I said to him, because I got speaking to him for two, three hours and having a good chat with him, having a drink with him. And I said, how, I said, how do you get a bet on? Because I can't get a bet on and no one knows who I am. And you're yeah. like, you're on the telly and in the new racing post putting tips out and on the site daily. And he yeah. said the same. He said, I can't get a bet on. He said, there's two bookies I can get bets on. And that's one because I know someone in there and they limit me to winnings of up to a grand. Do you feel quite smug about that, Dave? Because that's actually recycled material, what you've just uh, given <laughs> us there from a previous podcast. I would know that as an avid list listener. This will be the only podcast I won't be listening to. But <laughs> do you get a bit of a, a chub on? Do you get a little semi when when you're speaking to professional gamblers in that world and and you almost feel like you're able to be deemed as an equal in their eyes? Do you get a little boner, a little stiffy? I, I mean, if I did, it would be a little one. But I think it's really interesting that in the marketplace, it's seeming like everyone can get a bet on and stuff when I've always thought, obviously, I don't get to mix with those types of people. So, you know, in your world, obviously, you know, you're going out with footballs and stuff all the time. You probably know a lot more than everybody else, although the quiz would say otherwise. Um, It's interesting that those types of people I see on the telly that are putting tips out and they're saying, oh, I'm going to have a big bet on this. I'm thinking, how are you having a big bet on? Because if I can't get a bet on and they know who you are, how is that going to be possible? The lion, yeah. We did mention it on a previous podcast, but obviously as the, the audience is growing and every single one, not everybody's listening to the previous content, Ben. So the valuable stuff we do need to, you know, reiterate. And we do want to promote responsible gambling and help people to generate some more income from the betting activities that they do that they do go about. Fantastic. Well, speaking of avid listeners, Dave, uh, my friend Lee has been desperate for a shout out since episode one. Uh, and he is big on the cards market, yellow cards and red cards. Um I think his mate got a big, similar to what Ben did with like his 100 to 1. I think he'd, he'd, he'd bet on four certain players within the game to get yellow cards. Have you ever dabbled in that market, Dave? I have. I mean, I don't know where, I don't know if you look at a game and think, you probably look at the game and think, there's a player like, like, player like John McGinn, who's a, you know, a tough player that might get a yellow card here and there. And you think, you know what? There's a few players who might be a bit of a liability and they get yellow cards. You think, right, I'll, I'll, I'll go into that market. What I would always look at with that market is who the refs are. So there's certain refs, and you can easily get the stats up to see what their averages are. But there's some refs that average over four cards a game. There's other refs that average about two. So I would just say, if someone's looking at a market like that, make sure you're looking at who the ref is, not just who the teams are, because some are a lot more patient and, and what have you. Some never give a red, and some are giving reds like every three or four games. Yeah, I've got the attention span of a pigeon. I can't be asked with that. <laughs> anyway, Leroy, you've got, you've, there you go. You're famous, Leroy. You've got your shout-outs done. Hey, on, on the shout-outs, Chad, and, and take this as um, a total sign of respect to what you lads have done. I'm really buzzing that you've done this podcast. You've you've thought about it, you've talked about it, you've, and you've gone and actually done it. Uh, I genuinely love listening to it, so long may it continue. Pleasure to be on. And the little shout-outs really do mean something to people. Sometimes <laughs> I'll... I think I've had a couple of shout outs and um and it really did put a smile really step. <laughs> well, well Ben, this this is your moment, mate. Would you like to give anyone a shout out now? Uh well no. Uh, well I've already mentioned Scott, which you'll probably be quite happy with. Um I really could throw him under the bus with something he WhatsApped me before, but I shouldn't, just in case it gets him in trouble. I'd love to. Uh no. Can you give a shout well, out to Danny Bauer. Oh yeah, yeah. Negatively, but yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, no particular shout outs. Fantastic. Okay, very good. Well, um, there's, there's some good racing coming up this weekend. I thought a good feature to have each week would be, and a lot of people were like anti post bets, and there's no point in putting bets up all the time that are going to be really, really short. You know, you need to have a massive, massively high strike rate if you're putting stuff that's out that's short. There's a so what I thought would be good for the Cheltenham Festival where everybody usually does have a bet. Um, if I put something out that I've seen that's been running, it's van and it's going to run at Cheltenham. I think it's going to run at Cheltenham in March and it's a relatively big price. So I'm just going to give you a horse called American Mike. It's going to win the bumper, so it's going to win the flat race uh, at Cheltenham, which I believe is on the Wednesday um, uh, in March. It's 11 to 2 at the moment. It ran in Ireland last week, first time it's ever run. And it ran some, the speed figures it ran were phenomenal. 
Uh, there was a lot older horses running later on in the card over uh, over hurdles, but it's run a lot faster for the sectionals than it has with the, the the older horses, which just never never happens. So this looks something out of the ordinary. It's eleven to two at the moment. If that turns up at Cheltenham in the bumper, it will be two to one. So you know, if you were a short term investor, you don't get that sort of interest rate. You go back at eleven to two now, and on the day if you could lay it at two to one, you're making a huge huge profit. Um, also, a idea that I put out last week, but it was a non runner. It's running on Tuesday, so we've got to wait a long time, uh, but it's out on Tuesday on the all-weather, which is what we've been waiting for for it to run on the all-weather. It's running over five furlongs, although I would prefer it over six, but it's definitely well in off its mark. There's also a bit of a flyer horse called Central City, which is actually running in the race before at Wolverhampton at 6.30 on Tuesday. I've been waiting for this to run. It's come down about £20 in the handicap. It's an all-weather horse. It's been running on the turf over trips that are just completely inadequate for it. It's over its ideal trip, which is one mile two. It'll be about 33 to 1, but knowing the trainer, it'll be punted. If it's a goer, it'll be a lot shorter. But as soon as the odds open up for that race over the weekend, it will be 20, you know, 28 to 1, 33 to 1, 40 to 1. Rick? Those odds are the ones that get mine and Ben's uh, Todger twiggling. So I heard 33 to 1. What was that uh, horse called, Dave? The only, it's, the only, it's the only horse I've, my ears have bricked up on. Same. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I bet none of them fucking horses finish because every time Dave gives us a tip on horses, it's, oh, just did that wrong, just did that wrong. Fucking shoot it. <laughs> and just like that, get your tips out, credibility has sank to an all-time low. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's my dipping in and out. It's not Dave. Dave gives consistently good tips, really. Uh, Central, but... Central City, did you say, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I could easily give you horses that have got to run, that have won the last three or four races and they're going to turn up and they're going to be four to six. And, you know, and half of them would probably win. But what's the point? Because you can just go and pick that yourself. Uh, but this Central City, it's a horse that I've been watching because I know that they've been they've not been running it in races that it can give its true running, if you like. Sorry, uh, and it's got its well. perfect conditions. So unless it has completely changed, it's completely lost the plot since it was last winning races in March, it's definitely well enough the handicap mark that it's on. Um, sorry, Dave. Um, just while I'm on, because I'll forget. When is it? Sorry. <laughs> it's Tuesday at 6.30 at Wolverhampton. Now, obviously, we're, we're five days before the event, so it could get quite often, for those that don't know horse racing, they'll enter up horses quite often. They'll have a few entries. They've only got those entries at the moment, both, both Akaidi, which is running in the 7 o'clock, and Central City. That's the only entry that they've got. But between now and then, they could get moved and move into it. They might enter in a different race, so... They're just horses to keep an eye out. So anybody that's listening, they keep trackers for horses and stuff like that. They get notifications, pop them into your tracker. Um, and then one that's a little bit more, um, I think it'll win, 240 at Ascot on Saturday in the Betfair hurdle. It's a horse called Buzz. It's about six to four. It ran really well in the uh, the Betfair hurdle last year at uh, Newbury. It finished fifth uh, for mark of 152. And then it went to Aintree and it finished second to Abracadabras. Uh, which are really, really top class off. If that was in this race, that would be odds on. Um, I think that's a good thing on Saturday. It's, it's six to four, so you're not going to get rich with it, but I think it'll win. Is it called Buzz? Buzz, yeah. Yeah, it's evens on back three, six, five. It's not retirement money. I'll be way. I, can see, I can see Buzz at 40 to one. What am I fucking looking at? Champion hurdle? Yeah, I mean, if it won well on Saturday, it would shorten for the champion hurdle. I can't see it winning the champion hurdle, though. I don't know what I'm fucking looking at, Dave. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so that uh, that rounds up um, the racing that we've got coming up this weekend is there anything either of you want to add chaps before we finish um, I've just got the um, beat the odds quiz day that we do every week now beat the dogs oh, sorry sorry, sorry Rick yeah um, so Ben uh, every week we do uh, a little competition called beat the dog uh, where I pick a fixture and you've got to name a minute of um, of the goal and uh, closest to the goal uh Wins either £10 off the get... Sorry, David. Do you want to recap what happened in last week's Beat the Dog? Yeah, I will do, actually. So, we did it last week for the San Marino-England game, and uh, Tom Norn picked that this first goal would be on the eighth minute. Uh, Dave was a bit sneaky and uh, chose the ninth minute, uh, thinking that it could happen any time after the eighth minute. And uh, the goal actually landed bang on the ninth minute. So, Tom Norn, if you're listening, which I hope you are, if you'd like to transfer £10 to the Get Your Tips Out kitty, because this money will roll on uh, to the following week, uh, and then whoever wins it collects the funds. So, uh, yeah, there we go. So this fixture for this week, Ben, is going to be the um, Liverpool-Arsenal game, the half-back. What do you think the first minute of the goal will be? 
Mm-hmm. You're going to say that fixture. Uh, I think it'll be early on. <laughs> I will go for the 16th minute. Dave, I've got to think. I've got to feel I know what minute you're going to go for, but I'll ask you anyway. <laughs> Six is probably probably quite a good guess, I'd imagine. I think there's going to be goals there. Um, I'm going to go for 70. Fantastic. <laughs> so we're on the 17 minutes. So it's get your tips out on 17 minutes. And Ben, representing the lads, is on minute 16 or below. Very good. Thanks a lot for your uh, time today, gents. What have you got lined up for the weekend? Anything interesting, Rick? Um, not a lot, mate. Watching City versus Everton on Sunday. We'll probably have a Sunday sesh and then regret it Monday and Tuesday. Fantastic. And just be recovered for Thursday when we record next week's podcast. Correct, mate. Correct. Benjamin, I've completely what have forgotten what the Charlie treble was. Already forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Ben? Uh, I was determined to stay off the booze this weekend. Say that every weekend, so no doubt I'll have the Sunday night fear. Um, but I've just been invited to go and have a sneak preview of the Brian Robson film that's coming out uh, that my mates... Uh, directed put together whatever it is um and so i'm going watching that on friday night so if i, if I manage to stay off the beers watching that it'll be impressive very good i'm assuming brian won't when he's watching it no he'll be he'll be 20 buds in <laughs> very good <laughs> don't blame him well thanks a lot chaps uh, we'll catch up with you on the next podcast ben thanks for your time today and we'll get you on a podcast very soon Appreciate it, lads. Take just, care. Just one, th- just one, one last thing to add, uh, Ben. I know we've got Fit Farm tomorrow at half seven in the morning. Um, I'm going to go and get myself another beer and a block of chocolate. I will not be there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I will see you later. <laughs> bye bye. See you.